Hi, I'm Tyra G, your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal listeners. Yes, you, fearsome and generous, humble and honest in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. Every week we meet for an hour to experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other through our joy and lessons learned. We share topics that tradition tells us there's some things we just don't talk about. But here we live beyond the wreckage and the judgment. Each week we start right where we are. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are webcast worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Should you miss us? No worries. I mean, I know it's date night, but you can catch up with us on our podcast, YouTube. Just key in, frankly speaking, with Tyra G. And if you just feel like connecting with me offline, you all seem to be enjoying sending me special emails. I invite all of you to do the same at Tyra at TyraGarlington.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm Listening. It's March. Yes, it is National Women's History Month. This is when we intentionally recognize and the ongoing great contributions women have made to our nation. Frankly speaking, with Tyra G is celebrating this month with a twist. We are looking at phenomenal women and how we embrace and manage our universal experiences, our rainbows and our clouds our courage, and our resolve. You know, we are a journey, not a destination, a process, not an event. Even when we are still, we are in motion, loving, nurturing, encouraging, serving, empowering. We are love, and love does. But sometimes, sometimes we get stuck between our no longer, the familiar, the habits, and our not yet, who we were created to be. And we may ask the question, am I enough? By the way, the right answer is a resounding yes. Our theme this month is you are more than who you've become. Our common thought space this month is offered by three authors who have walked authentically, strategically, and vulnerably and understand self-compassion, self-awareness, and self-improvement. Author Wendy Pope records the following words in her 2018 book entitled, Yes, No, and Maybe. As she calls out this question, and I quote, what if this is as good as it gets? Maybe life has worn you down. 
you attend church and even midweek Bible study. On Sundays, when you aren't greeting visitors, you're rocking babies in the nursery or running back and forth between services to sing in the choir. The other six days are no less hectic. The laundry pile is endless. The family insists on eating dinner every single night. Homework is hard and school projects are complicated. You feel like an unpaid Uber driver in overdrive. Or maybe debt is what keeps you up at night. Student loans loom. Jobs in your field of study aren't available. Working two part jobs to make ends meet. Or maybe you feel like life, your life is on track, but you long for a companion. However, the dating site still has not find, found your perfect match. As you open yet another invitation to a wedding, you evaluate your life. Well, whether you are a stay-at-home mom or a go-getting career woman, devoted wives or single women, we have all had those moments when we've been weighed down by the uns of life. Unmet expectations, unfulfilled dreams, unanswered prayers, unwanted situations. Guess what? I've got some great news. You and I were created for more than mundane motions. This is not as good as it gets. Author Marianne Williamson, the author of A Time of Miracles, explains the daily practices that keep our minds and ourselves open. There's a force in the universe that literally weighs things down. In order to counter gravity in the physical body, we physically exercise to develop muscles. Emotionally and spiritually, things work the same way. We nullify the effects of emotional gravity through accumulated repetitions of positive thoughts. Where the world says things like, oh, that can never happen. We repeat to ourselves that with God, all things are possible. Without deep peace of mind. We cannot be the people we are capable of being, and we cannot live the lives we are capable of living. Dr. Brene Brown, in her book, I Thought It Was Just Me, suggests we spread too much time and energy managing perceptions and creating carefully edited versions of ourselves to show the world. There's a constant barrage of social expectations that teaches us that being imperfect is synonymous with being inadequate. Everywhere we turn are messages that tell us who, what, and how we're supposed to be. So we learn to hide our struggles and protect ourselves from shame, judgment, criticism, and blame by seeking safety in pretending and perfection. Brene believes that our imperfections are what connects us to one another and our humanity. Our vulnerabilities are not our weaknesses. They're powerful reminders to keep our hearts and minds open to the reality that we are all in this together. I love the strength that emerges when we speak from a place of authenticity and vulnerability with one another. We are not alone, not ever. 
After our break, you will meet another phenomenal woman who has appeared. Now check this out. We have a celebrity in the house, right? Or on the phone, I should say. She's appeared in several television and radio programs, including BBC Radio. But here's what's wonderful. She deals as a woman from the perspective of strength. She is a prolific author. We were laughing at that before we started the show. I said to her, by the time you're finished writing, you will have written your own library. I want you to stay close to be informed and inspired. Choose radio, choose a big stereo, choose loudspeakers, car hi-fi, compact disc players and electrical antennas. Choose sitting on that couch listening to mind-numbing, spirit-crushing commercial radio shows. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got Fairfax County's own freeform radio station that's always commercial-free? It's your station. Use it. If rock and roll is what you want, then rock and roll is what you'll get. 60 minutes of original rock and roll, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on the Rock and Roll Review with me. Who are you? I'm Mickey Bowe, taking you back to the 50s and even earlier. Would you like to listen? Sure, I don't mind. Then groove to the real oldies, Saturday evenings at 6 on Mickey Bowe's Rock and Roll Review on Radio Fairfax. Crazy. They want me to get rid of my dog. Can they do that? I'm being fined for leaving my garage door open too long. What are covenants? Do I have any rights? Help, I feel like I've left the American Zone. If you want the answers to those questions, join me, Shu Bartholomew, and my guests on The Commons. Every Saturday from 2 to 3, we'll ask the experts and we'll untangle the truth about what's left of our property rights. Fly me to the moon. Let me swing among those stars. This is Mike Delaney, host of Simply Sinatra. Join me Wednesday evenings at 10 for a weekly meeting with the chairman of the board, a true American idol, Mr. Francis Albert Sinatra. That's Simply Sinatra, Wednesdays at 10, right here on Radio Fairfax. In other words, baby kiss. Hi, I'm Jenny Garth. As a mom, there's nothing more important to me than seeing my kids smile. That's why I've teamed up with the American Association of Orthodontists to shine a light on the importance of a healthy, beautiful smile. We all want to look our best, and an attractive smile is part of it. Getting your child an orthodontic checkup can make a huge difference in their future. Orthodontists straighten teeth and jaws. And if braces are needed, today's hip models let kids sport their own personal style during treatment. To learn more, visit braces.org. Take care, Grandma. Okay, baby. Don't forget to let me know the second you get there. Yes, ma'am. My grandson always tells me I worry about him too much. And of course I do. I'm his grandma. Well, I was worried sick when he came home from Afghanistan. He came back wounded. It wasn't a wound you could see. It was a wound inside. Post-traumatic stress disorder. My T couldn't sleep. He was angry all the time. He felt like he didn't fit in anywhere. 
Then I heard about this group, Wounded Warrior Project, people helping warriors like T. So I figured who better to help my grandson than people who could understand what he'd been through. Now, I don't know what they do there, but my T is smiling again. So I figured they must be good people. One out of every five warriors return from the battlefield with post-traumatic stress disorder. Help support them at WoundedWarriorProject.org. And we are back. Are you ready? I should have told you to get a pen and a pad because there's stuff you want to remember here. It's Women's History Month, as I said before, and we have chosen our theme, You Are More Than You Have Become, emphasizing journey and process rather than destinations and events. And to help us through that process in an area we don't often think about, finance, careers, as women, we seem to put some other things first. In Frankly Speaking Tradition, we're going to ask our special guest to continue the conversation by telling us her story, sharing her journey, her processes of becoming, and doing it as if she were a library book. Make us want to know more about you. Welcome, Carrie Hannon, to our show. Hi, Tyra. Great to be here. It's good to hear your voice. People don't know how hard we've been and how long we've been trying to get together on this, so I'm happy. We did it. We did it. Yes, we did. Why don't you, uh, there's so much, Carrie. I mean, it's such a robust thing. Pick out the things that you want us to know about you that led you to the point of being such an expert in what you do. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I, I have to say, you know, so many of the things that, that you talk about resonate with me, Tyra, but it is really, you know, from the time I was a little girl, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I always said, you know what? People would say, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to write books. I and love it. I love I, it. I, honestly, I love to read from a super young age, and I just read and read and read, and I Writing was my thing. I mean, that was my ticket. I loved to write. I could spend just gobs of time just writing, and in school, that's where I excelled. I mean, it was, I wasn't great at memorization. <laughs> I didn't like taking a lot of tests that required that, but if I could write an essay, I was on my way. And so as I kind of moved along, I, I, I started to figure out, well, my gosh, so I want to write, but how can I actually make a living and build a paying career out of writing. I didn't know anybody who did that. I, no one in my family was a writer. No one um, was a journalist. No one sort of was in this whole field. So I kind of thought about it, and I figured, well, uh, they always say write about what you love. And I was a little girl who's passionate about horses. About yeah, horses. I love it. I love <laughs> it. And I was six years old. I asked my parents for a canary for my birthday, and they gave me horseback riding lessons. And gosh knows why they did that, but I never looked back. And um, I got on that first pony, and that was that was it for me. And so when I started to write, what I did is I went to um, – I used to – I competed, I still do today, uh, at horse shows, and I would interview professional horse uh, men and women and sell those stories – to horse publications around the country. And 
they were just wonderful because I love telling people stories. And so I would interview these icons to me, and maybe most people might not know who they were, but they were someone to me. And I would sit down and I'd write their story, and I could. Now I'm not saying I was making a whole lot of money. I was making twenty five then 50 then $75 for each one. But I built together a little portfolio and figured out how to write about something I loved, you know. And I and think uh, I'm going to interrupt you. For, I yeah. want everybody to hear what you said, because actually you said it three times in, in different ways. What happens when you marry your passion with your gifts and your it's talent? It's just pure energy. Yes, you know, it's, yes. It's, and it's something... You don't even know that you're doing. You don't recognize. It just comes out of you. And I was lucky because I was able to do that. But then I was able to make a shift as I grew older because uh, I realized after I graduated from, graduated from college that, in fact, uh, then what was I really going to write about? Because that wasn't actually going to pay a lot of the bills. They um, And my father got a magazine at home called Forbes magazine. Oh, I love and it. Yes. I was never going to work for my dad. My dad had a business of his own, and it, yeah, I was never going to go work for dad. But I could make dad happy by getting a job at Forbes magazine. And so I just said it in my mind. I was going to work for Forbes magazine. And I went to New York. Uh, well, first I sent a resume. I said I was going to be in New York. I had no plans to be in New York. But <laughs> I got a call back from them saying, well, you know, yeah, you can stop by if you want to. And when does that ever happen? You know, I was 25 years old. I said, guess what? I'm going to New York, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I went to New York, and they said, why do you want to work at Forbes magazine? I said, well, because my dad gets the magazine at home. <laughs> and, uh, it, and you make business fun, and you make it interesting. And every time I pick up the magazine, I learn something. Hey, you so know what? Told, I, got, I you, got the job. There you go. There you yeah. go. But it so was, then I was yeah. Awesome. So my career has kind of gone from there. But Forbes was really opened all the doors to me as a young person. And I never went back to Pittsburgh. I have family there. But I, you know, ended up in New York for a number of years and then in Washington, D.C., working for a range of publications. I went from Forbes to uh, Money Magazine, Kiplinger's Magazine, U.S. News and World Report. At USA Today, I had my own column, a weekly column with my picture, which was very exciting, a national newspaper writing about your money. And I covered lots of financial topics. And I, I, I came, Tyra, I went from, and you know how you do with your career, you shift, you move. With yes, yes. I went from writing about big corporations, big companies. I was never going to run a billion-dollar business to when I was at Money Magazine, I started writing about personal finance. And it was like, hey, I get this. I know what it's like to be in credit card debt in your 20s. I know what that's like to have creditors call you. And it clicked. I, like, I began to write about topics that I understood and that resonated in my life. So that whole path to start to write about you know, news you can use or your service journalism. But these are things that I write about today that make a difference in people's lives, in their everyday lives. And I heard, this is me, I identified something you said about your dad. And right mm -hmm. away in my head, I said, Daddy's little girl, right? <laughs> you decided, I don't want to work for Daddy, but I sure want to please him. But yeah, what I, was, yeah, and I just, I the thing I think that got you the job at Forbes, when when they ask you why, and you say, well, you know, I read it, and you make business fun. I bet they don't hear that. No, I don't. they probably don't. Yeah, it was an odd response looking back at that, but I was just telling the truth, 
And I'll tell you, Tyra, one thing Dad always said to me, and he's, he's passed away now, but Dad said, you know, you got to dream to get there. You got it. And, yes. And that was it. And that was my ticket. And he always, you never, I'd tell Dad I wanted to do something, and instead of saying you can't, he'd say, how can you? How can we? How can you? It was never you can't. And so, that's, yeah, that tape. And I wish that we could multiply your daddy's wisdom and just shoot it out right now because there's so many of us, and I'll focus on women this month, that don't hear that, that don't have yeah. that tape, you know? Yep, yep. And he really, you know, Dad always said you can do whatever you set your mind to, and I never thought that there was any other way. And um, over the years, of course, Tyra, I've, I've come across and I've spent a lot of time writing, interviewing, talking, counseling women, um, and I realized that a lot of women didn't get that message. Yes. A lot of them didn't get that, that shot of confidence at a young age, uh, somebody behind them that believed in them. And mm-hmm. uh, it really was magic for me, but it's not too late to, to find that down within you um, because ultimately it's got to come from inside anyway. Absolutely. And I, um, I don't think, it, you know, what you're telling is your story, right? And I think stories are significant and they're there for a reason and I've been focusing lately on the stories we tell ourselves and your dad planted the seed but you watered and harvest the dream so I'm thinking like yeah what we want to say today it's never too late you got a dream to get there we know it's from your dad but we're going to borrow that yeah I love it I'm very he'd be smiling up there Well, before we go further into that, I just want to know what kind of competition. Did you do dressage? What did you do in terms of horse? Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I show, um, I do, it's called Hunter Jumpers. I, I show um, uh, over courses of jumps. I love it. I yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I grew up showing up and down the East Coast, everywhere from Lake Placid down to, you know, South Carolina and across to, I don't know, Michigan or something like that and mm-hmm. sort of covered a wide sweep but but even today i have a horse out in virginia and i compete and i i uh have a retired one and i have a, a young one-year-old he turns one this week uh, that i bred her when she retired so who knows i just i just love horses i can tell i can yeah. but i also I know <laughs> i also know there's something else you love that walks on four legs uh yes my doggies i well i'm a big i've always had a dog in my life and my current dog her name is xena and I call her my road manager because she goes <laughs> absolutely everywhere I go. She's a yellow Labrador retriever, oh. and she is pure joy. They, labs are perfect, I think. <laughs> you know, it's I like they, they're, they're bred for humans, you know. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote a book a, a while, uh, not that long ago called Love Your Job, The New Rules for Career Happiness. And the introduction of the book, Tyra, is called What My Dog Taught Me About Loving My Job. And... Um, Whenever a lot, I've had so many requests from people to reprint that introduction about what what Zena teach, can teach you about loving your job. <laughs> well, if you have it handy, we'll let you read a little bit of it before we sign off. Because I remember, oh, by the way, full confession here, I have heard Carrie speak. And though I was in an audience, she had no idea I was bonding with her as she spoke. And I love the fact that, yes, she had a gift. Yes, she had an expertise. But she had a can-do attitude. And then you add on that all this other stuff. I love horses. I love dogs. I love this. I love that. And you wonder, well, you know, when does she eat? But uh, I just, I think it's great. I really do. The things that you've been able to accomplish. Um, Okay, so Forbes 
catapulted you into a position where you had access, right, to many other places. Uh, I love the fact that you were in media and print media as well as I hope you're going to talk about some of the other. You know what hit me is what did you do on Dr. Phil? Oh, my gosh. That was so much fun. I got to tell you, Dr. Phil was a trip. Um, <laughs> yes, he is. That's why I'm oh asking you. It was really something. And um, But it, it, I spoke, my, my topic with Dr. Phil is, because I write a lot for, for workers over 50, and I speak a lot to mm. audiences of people over 50 trying to find jobs and, uh-huh. and so forth around the country. But in this sense, he asked me to come on and talk about what it's like to work for a younger boss. So I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody a couple decades younger than you that you're reporting to. How do you make it work? And you know what? It, what are some you know things to to do? And so it was it was fun. And we talked about some you know issues. You know there was they had someone on the show who's had some issues working for somebody younger and how she solved it and so on. But the highlight and I really you, as a writer you would understand this. At the end of the show, Doctor Phil. Um, gave everyone in the audience, he said, you know, not not only is Carrie, you know, an expert in blah, 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 and careers and jobs, but, you know, and uh, Carrie's also written this book, Love Your Job, and everyone in the audience is going home Aww. with a copy of Carrie's book. Well, Tyra, the whole audience let out a scream of joy, and I'm sitting there in this little high chair and on the stage there, and I just cracked up laughing. It was this <laughs> moment, and I said, Carrie, never forget this moment. There this you go, is, yes, as yes. As an author, can you imagine a room full of people screaming for joy about your book? <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you a secret. I, I actually, first of all, congratulations. And fourth, what I think Dr. Phil was saying to you, everybody needs to sort of uh, normalize this thought because the United States is relatively a young country. So this is the first time that we've ever had four generations in the workplace at the same time. So what Dr. Phil engaged you to talk about is real. It's happening out there. No kidding. It's how do we coexist? Yes. And and bring out the best in each other. I mean, studies show that multi-generational ensembles or teams of people working together are more productive and more successful. And you, I don't know, I, I'm sure you remember the woman in uh, the audience when you were speaking the time I met you was saying it. she had been the youngster in, in the group and there had been several uh, more seasoned women there to mentor her. And now that she has is becoming more and more seasoned, she doesn't have that. And I, you know, I listened to her and I realized it was important for her to understand some good gifts come from people from all generations. I mean, yeah. some of the the enlightenment I've received have been for three from three year olds actually, but uh, I I mentor millennials and Gen X, and they've got a lot to say because they bring a different lens uh, to the picture. So um, what you're saying is so real, but I I got to tell you. I love the fact that Dr. Phil gave away your book because the feeling that you had, you've got to bottle that memory. You've got to. I mean, imagine a room of people shouting for joy over your book. It's every author's fantasy, truthfully, but that was fun. But you're correct. I mean, the, the fact is we can all benefit from helping each other. And 
they you can mentor someone younger, but they're mentoring you in a reverse way, a reverse way back. So you get it's a it's a two way street, and and we all have to remember it. And it's about respect. You know, it's respecting what the other has to give. You know what? I think respect and trust could Ooh, trust is a good one. Yeah, could solve. I bet you eighty five percent of our issues right now, right now because the world is changing so quickly we're having and you know how we resist change i mean that's just a normal thing but if we could learn just like you said to respect and value what other people bring to the table and then trust it and and sometimes trust involves taking risk you know and yeah another piece to add to that tyra is listen we don't listen yeah 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 yeah. you know we for we all start talking and it's like whoa 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 just listen and wait and you know stop being judgy and and you don't know where that's going to lead and uh as a i was in blended family so i was a stepmother even though they didn't come through my womb i love these two boys and i had never raised boys before so i had to learn how to intentionally listen and let them guide me through because i'm gonna tell you boys are a lot different than girls i didn't i didn't know all that you know (laughs) i didn't there was well we won't eat. That's another show. Okay. Let's get back to your expertise. I, um, I asked Carrie to do something before we started because our show is multicultural and intergenerational. I wanted her to spread her wisdom. Is this a good time to do it now? Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. I uh, asked Carrie to think about financial related issues and give us the gift of her wisdom but do it uh by buckets like the first bucket would be uh the millennial generation what kinds of financial things do they even need to be thinking about now uh i i know it's an accumulation acquiring season for them but what kind of thing would you say to them carrie well you know it is just so so important that, that we talk about this because money and in this is I'm going to gear this to women all right yes but men men can learn from this as well but but money is still a taboo it is a subject that we don't it just doesn't seem polite to talk about it right mm-hmm. so women you know don't talk about it they don't talk about it with their friends very often unless there's a great sale on shoes or something and that's a whole different topic yes so the the point is we're very good with money women tend to be the ceos of their households as we grow older but in fact you know it all starts at a young age where women kind of drift away and say oh you know i'm not good at math it's boring you know talking about investing those kinds of things it's just i'm not you know i'm i'm boy it's not interested in it mm-hmm. it's really that's not true the, the truth is that they're uncomfortable they don't have the confidence in the language so the number one thing i say to somebody who's in their 20s and and i alluded to this earlier in our conversation tonight is that i when i was in my 20s i ran up credit card debt yes i was using i ended up paying using one credit card to pay another credit card Mm -hmm. i was a mess and i called up my father and i said you know i don't know what to do here I've really let things get out of control. And I, you know, I was living in New York. It was just stupid. And um, no, Dad didn't bail me out, but he did sit me down and help me do a budget. Good. So mm-hmm. um, it took me a couple, I'll be honest with you, it took me about two years. But since uh, since that time, so we're talking since I was, you know, 30 years old, I have never 
carried a, a debt beyond a mortgage. <laughs> you know? Okay, okay. And I learned my lesson. But so for someone in their 20s, I say pick up a book or two or go online. There's great resources to learn some money basics. Okay. You know, one book I love is Get a Financial Life, Personal Finance in Your 20s and 30s by Beth Kobliner. Great book. Pencil out a budget. You know, after you've been working for a few months and you get used to how much take-home pay you have and so what you're earning and how much you spend each month, you know, try to map out a budget to quickly uncover, I wish I had done that, where you're spending too much money. Okay. Mm -hmm. You've got that stuff. You know, you want to, you know, please steer clear of credit card debt. Okay, I've already told you my story. You're going to be, if you're not saddled with debt, you're going to be more nimble and able to pursue a wider variety of career opportunities. And, you know, debt is a dream killer. It is absolutely a dream killer. So, Seriously, that's a, that's critical. Um, start investing. It's never too soon. And if with you're an employer, uh, may have a 401k plan, try to save as much as you can to match what they will put in for you. And that's usually about four to six percent of your pay. But even if you can't commit that much, you know, start in baby steps. Start with just a little bit and ramp it up each year. So eventually, you have more. Um, so those are kind of the big things to think about that at, at that age. But if you start investing in your 20s, that's where the money can compound for you if you're saving for retirement. And truthfully, for women, women tend to not do this. Women tend to spend in their 20s. Yes. On, and no one wants to talk about this. It's a cultural thing. But they spend on clothes. They spend on makeup. They spend on going mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, quote, marketing themselves. They're, no one's going to admit to that, but that's what it is. So the truth is men in their 20s are saving. It's yes, in yes. Their 50s. Women start saving in their 50s and men start spending. But in their 20s, you miss all those years of compounding your savings. And that's a, a more look it up if you don't know what compounding is, but it's really important. And um, it helps your money grow over time, and it's critical. So I think that women in their 20s, um, that that's a big issue. Uh, okay. So as you move into your 30s, again, you want a snapshot of your finances. There's some great websites to do that, you know, mint.com or you need a budget. Um, really get educated about investing. Um, there's some, as I said, some great websites where you can get some courses on this or, or you know, read online. The Investor Protection Institute is a good one. But uh, you can go to a community college and take a yes. personal finance class. Yes. Do it, you know. And and so those are really important steps you want to you want to do and start an emergency fund. We often forget to set money aside for an emergency, and things can happen that you need cash. So try to start a little fund. And as I say, when any of these savings tips I give people, the best you can do, the best way to do that is to have it automatically taken out of your paycheck so you mm-hmm. never see it because if it automatically goes to a retirement savings account or a savings account for your emergency fund you won't miss it and and you're you know it, it's really really out of sight out of mind but it's really going to help you down the road um you know i i think sometimes it's good to talk to a financial advisor if you mm-hmm. can get an unbiased person that's not going to charge you a lot which they usually don't uh, a fee-only planner can you know do that um, so you want to start, you know, moving along and, and getting insurance and so forth. As you get into your 40s, you might have kids, right? So you really need to keep saving, uh, save outside your retirement accounts, and and focus on um, if you're changing jobs, you, you roll over that 401k plan. Oh, yeah, 
huge financial mistake I made. When I switched jobs at the age of 30, I cashed out my retirement. Okay, not good. Don't do that. You know, don't do that. It's so stupid. It wasn't a huge amount of money, but if I think about it today, it would be worth something. So that's kind of, you know, some of the big things when you're younger. As you get older, you definitely, in your 50s, you know, pay down your debts. Back to that debt issue. If you have college loans for your kids, high-interest credit cards, now is the time. Let's take care of this, you know, because... You want to have a grip before your prime earning years start to fade away. Uh, the government gives you catch-up contributions to your retirement accounts. And this is when, this is one of my favorite topics, Tyra, this is when you can start in your 50s to start planning on what you want to do next. Yes, know? yes, I want you, you know, to talk you know, about that. You might that. want to start over in a new field, maybe a philanthropic one or self-employment. It's going to take a price tag initially, meaning you might you know, ha- have a drop in pay, or you may, if you're starting your own business, you might have costs for startups. So this is when your time you can kick into dream mode, but plan it. It often takes five years to really put together a good plan. So in your 50s, this is a good time to start doing that. And, um, you know, and, and downsize your housing costs. Another great time to think about moving to a smaller home or, you know, that kind of thing so that you can get lean and mean. And and in your 60s, that's when you start thinking about Social Security, when to take that, which I always say, if you can wait till 70, please do, because you're giving yourself an 8% uh, raise each year that you from your full retirement age till, till 70. And, and keep working beyond your retirement age if, if you can, because with our longer lifespans, uh, the longer you can stay in the workforce, the happier uh, and healthier and wealthier you're going to be. Um, and I will add to some of those big block items um, – for women, you know, we often have challenges of being divorced in our 50s. It tends to be a primary time. Widowed women often are widowed, sometimes in their 50s or 60s. This is really, if you don't have a grip on your finances and you're just starting to think about it when you're facing these emotional stages in your life, it's going to be really daunting. So the earlier you can be take control of your financial life and have some have a you know have some skin in the game know what's going on be you know a partner with your um, if you have a spouse you know be on a team with them so you know where everything is and what the decisions are being made because that's really and women end up in poverty at the end of you know towards the end of their life because they do live longer they make less over the years and so again in your 20s and 30s negotiating pay is important Uh, We still have that big wage gap, which is reflective in how much you can save for retirement. And since we live longer, our medical costs are going to be much higher. So I could go on forever. So those are just some things. (laughs) Well, I'm actually going to loop back and let you go on forever. But I wanted to do something. I tried, and I want you to help make sure I listened intentionally, okay? Uh, We're talking about millennials, and we're thinking age in our 20s, okay, the important thing is to budget and uh, start to invest, if at all possible, but more importantly, manage debt. And uh, we ta- there, there are all kinds of helpful things out there, a lot of books. Carrie has written 13 of them. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 12 of them. And no, 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 13 now because my 13th will be out in June. Okay, excuse me. You heard the <laughs> you, you heard the author from her lips to our ears. <laughs> but for millennials, and the thing that that um, Carrie alluded to is we would rather go shopping, and I really lay a lot of that on culture, the external pressures, the people don't realize that the twenty four seven news cycle and social media, a lot of that is a doctored image, 
And, you know, we spend so much time wanting only to put our best face forward. And if we could flip the script and understand part of our best foot is going to be financially solvent by the time we get up or more seasoned. But um, 30s, we talked about uh, get a snapshot of your uh, of your finances, investing. There are several classes that are important. This one, Carrie mentioned, but it's more important than we think uh, because of the way the world is now, and that's an emergency fund. Starting one, being aware that, yes, emergencies will come and you won't live forever and everything won't be provided for you. Um, for the 30s, start getting automatic deductions for saving. Okay, so now we're rolling on up here to uh, 50s and 60s, well, 50s. Or you can even say, you know, Tyra, one thing, 40s is when, um, I, did, I don't think I said 40s, but I meant in the 40s, that's when you might start thinking about finding a financial advisor, a certified okay. financial planner Good. who can help answer some questions for you because you don't have to go it alone. I mean, this is a time now in your 40s where you've socked some money away, you're ra- you may be married, you're raising young children, you might have a mortgage, a demanding career, lots of stresses are multiplying. This is not a bad time to, to look for some, some um, financial guidance and, um, and, and really help you kind of make sure you're on the right path. Thank you, ma'am. Um, I found, I guess it was, I worked for IBM for 22 years and, would, you know, they had a fabulous uh, 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 plan and then uh, the policy changed, the board changed, and we went to 401k and obviously those of us who were in a defined plan, lost a lot of money. So, but it was at that time, I'm like, what? And I, you know, really spent some time with a financial advisor. I was married to someone who was always into, like you said, investing, right? He had a financial portfolio that I didn't even know about. Ladies, you hear that? You know, you're married, kind of start sharing that, okay? Uh, because if something happens, and it does frequently, you need to know. Uh, we need to keep saving those of us that are booming. Uh, retirement plans are significant. And reevaluate them because we can adjust retirement plans, pay down debts, yes. And I think one thing we didn't talk about is, uh, even though uh, – I guess we don't think about it much, but credit scores are going to help oh, us. Oh, yeah, that's a great, uh, you know, thank you for bringing that up, Tyra. I think that's really important. Uh, and uh, you can almost start doing that way back, you know. Yeah, that's your, what I was, your, millennials, yeah. And your, millennials can be doing that. And, you know, and checking your credit score is super easy these days. You can, um, yeah. all three of the major bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, for free once yes. a year. And you can yes. go to annualcreditreport.com. And they will also extend it, and I, I'm thinking, I was looking at an ad for Credit Karma. They will help you uh, keep a lookout in terms, if you want to pay for that service, to show you how you're doing. They're going to give you the feedback, you know, because you can slip. You can make a decision. I think it's really important, and also at this time, too, I mean, you can see if there are charges or, or things that are occurring with so much fraud going yes, on, you can yes. spot if something's gone, that's, there's charges that aren't yours or there's something wrong with your credit report in, in, in your credit score. This is how you do this. The credit reports give you a report, and then you can get your score. But it's really important to look at those things. Absolutely. Because that is one part of who you are. That's yes. a statement to people you don't even know are looking at you. And particularly when we talk about getting to boomers and we start thinking about what you want to do next, you're going to interface with credit. 
particularly if you're talking about downsizing and learning how to live lean and mean and selling and buying and all, you'll interface with that evaluation process. Uh, okay, here are the people like me at the end of the <clears throat> toilet paper roll. Social Security. Hmm. Don't take it as long as you can because uh, you have more benefits the longer you can not receive those payments. I would not, and I don't know, Carrie, tell me, should people be frightened now that Social Security won't exist? Uh, you know, I, I don't hang on that. I, I, do, I honestly think that, that I do think, you know what, I'm confident. Maybe you might say I have blinders on, but I truly think it's not going to go away. It is something that's so part of our system today. It may be some tweaks to make it uh, a little more solvent or what have you, but right now it's for the boomers it's going to be fine moving forward. We'll just see. I mean, it's the problem is that the the generations behind the boomers or it's a smaller population. Yes, and it's hard to support the, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's the issue. Mm -hmm. And so it, there may be some changes, but I wouldn't be – I'm not afraid. Uh, let's put it that way. I think – you heard it from someone who knows she's not afraid. <laughs> but I do think, you know, considering, can, you know, we should even, you know, if you can work longer, the longer you can stay, even in the workforce in a part-time way, yes. a seasonal way, working longer, you know, and this is for people to be thinking about in their late 50s into their 60s, what can you do? What are you not going to retire? What are you going to retire to? So think about what it is you want to be doing next, because the longer you can kind of keep your hand in working, I always say work is not a four-letter word. You know, work. Is it really, is. You're right. You're right. You're it, right. Working is so good for us. It's good for us psychologically. It's good for us socially. You know, the network. It's use it or lose it. Your mind is sharp. And the key is really to do something you love at that stage in your life. Now's the time to do work that has meaning to you and maybe can make a difference in the world. Let's hope for that. That would be amazing. So, you know, this is your time, but try to find ways that you can work, you know, longer because it has so many benefits. And it's not only, you know, as I said, the, those mental and physical ones, it's the financial ones where you can keep contributing to retirement plans. You can defray tapping into your savings a little bit longer. You know, it kind of, you can push back that Social Security date without worrying. It gives you a little bit of a safety net. And I think I like that word, safety net. Um, three things I want to really emphasize. This is your time. I actually hate the word retirement. I use repositioning and transitioning. And those of you who don't want to go out and and compete in the workplace, there are other ways to go into a job. You know, you can start by volunteering and you letting bet. people see your worth, you know? And that that's another place I believe you can make good connections, right? I think so, that's such great advice, Tyra. I Get out, you know, get out of your head and into the world. You know, if you can yeah. back away from the computer and if you're looking for a job, go out and volunteer. You never know. And I mean doing skill-based. Do something that uses your skills. You don't yes. have to be stuffing envelopes. But you never know who you're going to meet. And you, the networking and the, you might find a paying job right where you're volunteering eventually, but you also might, you're out there, you're meeting people, you just never know. And I, I use this phrase, I say networking is one letter away from not working. Absolutely. So, you know, get out there and meet people and say, hey, I'm looking for something. This is what I'd like to do. Even if it's not a full full throttle job you're looking for, 
this is how you do it. You don't get jobs by sending resumes online. You really don't. It's relation, in my opinion, my opinion only, um, success at networking is relationship-based. And I think the best networking is face-to-face. I yeah. know there are a lot of spaces online where you can do this, that, and the other. I know LinkedIn is popular. I mean, some people actually go on LinkedIn and don't present a photo. I don't ever respond to them, you know? Uh, me too. I, that's the same thing I do. I don't. You know, like, you got to give me something. Mm-hmm. But um, there's another term I use because I'm at the point where I have friends that say to me, okay, you're speaking, you got the radio show, how much are you making? And I say to them, do you know I am rich I get a huge psychic income and I I need to do what I do because I believe that's who I was created to be so this time in my life is a chance what was our what was your quote about dreaming yeah you got a dream to get there yeah I'm walking in my dream roundabout now yeah I'd like to find ways to monetize some of the things I do but I won't sit home worrying about it I will continue to do it and yeah. I'm a possibility thinker, but I don't want to leave the category you talked about women. You know, we're talking about 50 plus the things, the uh, life events, life changing events like divorce and widowhood. OK, we have to uh, continue a tape in our head that says we're worthy. It is not too late. OK, please understand that. Don't think the stories you've been told your whole life or the tapes, throw them away. This is now. This is now. And I also tell her one thing, if for women who, you know, truthfully, women would rather talk about death than about money. I mean, it's, <sighs> it's, just, it's true. So um, I, if you can start, I encourage women who, you know, are reluctant to talk about money to start like a money book club. You know, women love book clubs. Oh, yeah. You don't have to read all money books. You're, maybe it's your normal book club and say, hey, let's just read a book on, on personal finance. This I month, like that. Right? Yeah, you know, and so you bring it in, or you can ask, you know, a financial planner or who's not selling you anything, just somebody you know, or and, and I'm not saying an author like me, somebody you know who's written a book about money. Come in and talk to your group, you know, and they can maybe read your book or not. There's so many, there's plenty of good ones, um, and it can just be even about the financial world in general, but it could be one about personal finance. And it just starts the conversation. You know, money circles are great. And if we, as uh, you know, I'm in my late 50s, if, you know, reaching back and telling your children, your, your girls, your daughters, your nieces, talk to them about money. Get them going so that it's part of the conversation and, and it's a natural uh, when they don't, they don't defer to somebody else. A lot of women think, that the investment angle of things, they run the household, but the investment stuff is like just one more thing on their to-do list that they just want to hand it off to somebody else. Don't do that. Don't do that. Now, I have two things i got to say really, really fast. Uh, Carrie is out there. She is a part of the fabric. Uh, she's focused and given great wisdom and intellectual capital around financing, particularly over 50. So Carrie, quickly, can you tell people if they want to reach you or give them the name of your latest book coming out in June? Could you do that for me in a few, maybe a minute? Yeah, but do I have one more second to tell them about getting getting my fitness plan? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm I sorry. I forgot to talk about that. One real quick thing is I love to tell women and men 
that if you're going through any of those life changes, these lifestyle things, whether you're looking for a new career, uh, you know, a transition of some sort, or you're looking towards what you're going to do in your next encore, you know, you need to get three things. You need to get financially fit, which I mean, you know, you need to get lean and mean, downsize, pay down credit card debts, because as I said, debt is a dream killer. You're nimble. It opens up opportunities for what kind of work you want to do, what kind of life you want to lead. Number two, you want to get physically fit. As you get older, people judge a book by its cover. Ageism is alive and well in the workplace and in lots of other places. So if you, and so women will say, should I get Botox? Should I dye my hair? I'm like, you know, if you want to do that. But but truthfully, what you need to do is get physically fit. You need to, you know, don't need to run a fast mile or any of those things, but walk 20, you know, 20 minutes every couple of days, swim, do something. I walk Zena, my dog, you know, whatever you can do to stay fit. And people want to be around you. You have this energy, this positive vibe. They don't know what it is, but they're like, I want what she's got. Number three, you need to get spiritually fit. And by that, I mean not religion necessarily. What I mean is you need things. Life is really stressful. You need to find something like maybe it's Tai Chi or meditation, yoga, a place that's your quiet place, your centering. Find a way that you can go have something that you build into your life that gives you that respite that you need. I often go back to my lovely Zena and my dog walks in the country, but these are the things that we need to do to really be fit and to, uh, you know, deal with life and enjoy life. But this is my fitness plan for that. So I, I just had to get in my two cents on that. And you know what, Carrie, what is so silly about me? This doesn't have to be the only time we are on this on the show together. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah. so hey, stop rushing. Everybody, oh, she, yeah. oh, she's coming back. She's coming back, okay? <laughs> okay, here's my next book is coming out in June. It's called Never Too Old to Get Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Starting a Business Midlife. And I profile 20 entrepreneurs and tell these wonderful stories. I'm so inspired by all of them myself. And, you know, I do a Q&A with them as well as their profile. And then, you know, news you can use, takeaway boxes about what you can do, you know, ba- you know, all these different things to help you launch your own business. And um, it, they range from people who have started businesses from a passion or a hobby to people who have started a social uh, entrepreneur business, a nonprofit. Don't give to- it all to them, Carrie. They got to come back and hear more. And they okay. got to buy the book. Don't give them yeah, the book. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's it. All right. That's Carrie Hannon. And this is, frankly speaking, let me not be negligent. The spiritual doggy bag. I got a couple of minutes. I'm going to give it a try. You all, now this is a portion you listen with your heart, okay? I love when women get together. Courageous enough to look and walk behind the words, giving each other permission to expose their gifts of imperfection without judgment. Frankly speaking, it's our time and space to help, to heal, to educate and encourage each other into our best version of ourselves, no matter where we are in our journey. In the process, we will redefine traditional perceptions about winning, about beauty, about making our mark and making our difference. Our spiritual doggy bag this month includes a note from love, also known as God, and offered by an author, Glennon Doyle Melton. And I quote, 
Listen up now. Stop holding your breath. Breathe. There's enough. I created in abundance of acceptance, attention, recognition, joy, peace, money, energy, clothes, food. I will never leave you without enough. And there is nothing to be afraid of. No feeling, no circumstance, no person. These things come and go. And you can live through them without running, hiding, numbing, or hurting one another. And did you know this, my angel? There's never been anything wrong with you. Not one day in your life. You are exactly who you were meant to be right now as you are. You are not to be ashamed. You punish yourself, but you have no reason to be punished. You can stop now. You are free. When you were born, I put a piece of me in you. Like an indestructible, brilliant diamond, I placed a part of me inside of you. It is love. Love is perfect. And it is untouchable. No one can take it. It is the deepest, purest part of you. That part of you that will someday return to me. Your love. You cannot be tarnished by anything you've done or that has been done to you. Everyone carries this peace with me. And I'm a part of you. And you are a part of each other. The essence of each of you is love. And for this week, I want you to know, this is Tyra G. Loving up on you. You are worthy. You have everything inside of you you need to be who you were created to be. And please understand that your circumstances, it's not who you are. Stay at peace and treat yourself like someone you love. Your seat at this table is guaranteed.